Pat McAfee, how's it going, man? Life is good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chit-chat about fourth downs. I've listened to the fourth down experience before. I've heard a couple conversations. I like what you guys are doing. I'm excited to be a guest here. This is awesome. You and Gary V were probably our two biggest influences just to give us confidence to go forward with the special teams podcast. So thanks for everything, actually. No problem. That's a real honor for you to say that. I appreciate it. Uh, I think my approach to the game is something that people could enjoy, so I thank you for doing that. And me and Gary V, uh, being in the same sentence is truly a beautiful thing. I like that guy a lot. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey guys, we're here on the Fourth Down Experience. I'm Brian Jackson. Uh, co-host on the show, Chris Hughesby, is on as well. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Weather up here in Minnesota is great. We're hitting a heat wave, uh, mid-50s, so uh, it's been a great day. Leaves are changing colors, so it's the best time of the fall right now. How are you down there in the south? That sounds awful. Um, it's about 80, 70 to 80 degrees here in Alabama, and uh, the guest we have on is, is over on the east coast. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what the weather's like over there. Uh, but first, let's talk about him real quick. Uh, we're super excited to have him on. Uh, it may be our first lefty punter on the podcast. I don't know yet, Chris, if we've had any lefty punters. But uh, basically, this gentleman also uh, went viral with the beautiful hold on a bomb game-winning field goal recently. We'll talk about that. Uh, he's bounced around in the league as a free agent, undrafted free agent, and now has stuck and is performing super well. Uh, he's a Tennessee Vol, and uh, he's from Florida, and he is the Carolina Panthers punter, Michael Pallardy. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing great. Michael, hey, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the 4th Down Experience. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to... Uh, to be on with you guys, and uh, thank you for the, uh, the opportunity to to come and uh, speak with you. Yeah, you know, Mike, I, I hate to do this. You know, you know, we just met virtually, but the Alabama Roll Tide, my Crimson Tide, uh, had a pretty good victory in this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, look, man. You know, I, I'll tell you what. There's a uh, there's something to be said about the. Uh, the effort that was put forth uh, by Tennessee. I know there's, you know, there's not a lot of people who are, are happy with the result, myself included. Um, you know, but I, I saw them play four quarters, and and you know, I think we just, you know, we were outmatched uh, athletically, and um, you know, I, I like what I like what Coach Pruitt is is doing over there in, in Knoxville, and and as a fan, as an alumni, I'm I'm, I'm really excited about the direction that the program's heading. I think you saw that last week against Auburn. Uh, you saw guys really kind of put forth, um, you know, and, and not just kind of, not just kind of give up uh, on the game. They, they played a full 60 minutes and, and it was impressive to watch. So, you know, we'll, we've got some speed bumps, but I think they're getting there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Tennessee a little bit. 
You had a career at Tennessee. If you were to sum up your career, what were what were some things you really enjoyed about your Tennessee experience as you were there? Um, to sum it up, I you know I, I think it's um, maybe a roller coaster ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I I came out of high school um, primarily uh, a kicker, and you know I. I got recruited by, um, you know, a handful of, of uh, D1 schools, and, you know, I chose Tennessee, and for, you know, I committed there when uh, when Coach Kiffin was there, and he left to go to USC. Uh, Derek Dooley came in. He was my head coach for my first three years, and then my last year was um, Bush Jones's first year. Uh, you know, and... and there were times where I struggled, uh, definitely faced a lot of adversity. Um, you know, I, I definitely did make some people happy. <laughs> um, you know, missed kicks as a, as a field goal kicker, I think is, uh, is, is tough. Um, but I think my, the spring going into my, my senior season, I think that's when it kind of all clicked and you know, I'll just kind of hit it. to make myself better than what I had shown in the previous three years. And, uh, you know, I think it was kind of the, the exclamation point on my career, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Throughout your career, you got to do all three areas of interest, and, and you finished up your senior year with a strong a field goal performance, 14 for 17. And uh, that's, that was one thing, just me, just curious coming into the interview is, um, you know, how did you keep, hunting in the mix and then you know also did you ever think that you would be punting in the NFL like did you think that you were going to be kicking in the NFL you know it was it was tough it was tough to balance um definitely especially during the season um my senior year it was tough to balance all three you know I I uh, a lot was expected of me I had to kick off I had to kick field goals and I had to punt and um, I, I did my best to manage uh, those reps, the amount of reps that I took uh, in practice, the amount of warm-up reps that I took. And, you know, as a young kid, you know, especially when you're hitting the ball well, you feel like you just got to consistently kick and kick and kick, and you just, you're kind of in that groove. But uh, I think the older that I got, the more I learned, um, you know, how to dial it back a little bit. Uh, so I mean that was definitely a, a a difficult part, especially with the you know the different the different swings, the different swing patterns that you know uh, field goals and kickoffs and punting have uh, to be able to balance the three of those. I think was pretty difficult, but um, I think with my limited practice reps and warm up reps, I think that really kind of saved me uh, my senior year and. You know, I never really going graduating college and going into the NFL. I knew I kind of had to make a choice, but at the first year and a half, I didn't really know what to choose because every team that I was with or every team that I had to work out for, they always wanted to see both. They wanted to see me kick off and kick field goals and punt. So it was it was kind of hard to to decide whether or not I was going to do one or the other. Um, and then we just kind of, my agent and I, we kind of tracked how, 
you know, things were going in the, in the kicking world and the NFL and then the punting world. And, and we kind of had to make the decision. Well, Hey, you know what? Maybe as a, a, a punter and a kickoff specialist, maybe that's where, you know, there's money to be made or, you know, there, that, maybe that's where our opportunities will be because I guess just the way the trend was, was going in the NFL, that's where we thought we had a better chance. So, uh, it wasn't until about a year and a half after college that I made that decision. Okay. So, looking at your bio in Tennessee, uh, you didn't really punt as a freshman, it looks like, right? Did it take you till your sophomore year till you finally got some punt reps? Uh, yeah, um, I, I may have, if I, if I remember correctly, I may have punted... I don't, actually, you know what, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I punted at all my freshman year. I may have punted like a game or something. I remember our uh, yeah, you had four punts. Yeah, I may I may have punted a game. Uh, I think our senior punter at the time that was there had gotten hurt. He hurt his hand or something for whatever reason, um, you know. And I filled in for him. Uh, but most of most of my responsibilities my freshman year were field goals and kickoffs. So what? What's interesting about this, and I love kind of following your story and hearing about this, I was a kicker in high school. I went to University of St. Thomas, which is now like a, a, a pretty dominant Division three school now. But I went in as a, as a kicker, uh, in, in linebacker actually, and then there were like three freshman kickers that also came in, and there was a shortage of punters. And I remember that conversation they had with me of asking me if I would try punting, and I probably tried punting like twice in my life. Because I just recognize that as strong. Like, what was it like for you when they started talking to you about, hey, we know we recruited you as as a kicker. Could you punt for us? What was what was that feeling like and, and conversation like? Well, you know what, I I was kind of the one that advocated for myself uh, when I came in my punting. Um, I did all three in high school, and I really enjoyed it. And I think I was coming out of high school. Uh, I was told that, you know, the more that you can do, the more valuable you are. Um, and the more valuable you are, the more, the, the stronger of a case you make for yourself to be able to stick around and and, and help the team in, in some way, shape, or form. And so I didn't want to just be um, restricted to just field goal kicking or kicking off or just punting. Uh, you know, I wanted to showcase that I could do all three uh, and that I could do it consistently and do it at a high level. Uh, when I got there my freshman year, we had a, a senior kicker in Daniel Lincoln. Uh, we had a uh, senior punter in Chad Cunningham. And uh, those were, the, you know, basically the two guys that, you know, I, I competed with every single day. And, um, you know, I just... You know, I constantly was trying to tell my coaches, you know, coach, I, I really, you know, I really want to do all three, you know, and, and of course my, you know, my performance, uh, basically, you know, spoke for itself on, on what they felt, but, you know, I think that they were kind of nervous about letting me do all three and initially because, you know, if I got hurt, well, you know, shoot, that takes out three positions. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was kind of the, the biggest advocate uh, for myself uh, when it came to that. 
uh, just always really wanting to, to prove myself to do all three because that's what I was used to and that's what I love doing. Nice. So let's talk about the pro level a little bit here. And I know Chris will want to cover a little more in depth on the teams and path, but just real quick, just to keep the viewers engaged here, I'm going to fast forward a little bit and Chris can rewind it. Um, right now, like current state, you know, because we, we have a lot of free agents and college guys that listen to this. Like, what, what's it take to stick in the league as a punter? Like, what do you need to be doing on what kind of punts, etc.? Like, go go broad here and, and specific. Um, I think I think for me it was a lot of it had to do with consistency. Um, there's a lot of I know that there's a lot of talented guys. Uh, there's a lot of guys that can do it. Um, you know, unfortunately, in the NFL, there's 32 jobs. And um, if, you can, if you can show that you can do it on a consistent basis at a high level, day in and day out, uh, that's what will get you opportunities. And I think those opportunities don't come very often, but when they do, those are the opportunities that you need to take full advantage of. Uh, you know, I had, I was definitely blessed and fortunate to have, I would say, 20, 28 workouts. Jeez. Um, nice. Not, not, with, not with 28 different teams, but, you know, some of them were repeats. Um, and a lot of it was being brought in to, because I am a lefty. And, and, and that did help me, that helped my case, because there weren't a lot of, um, you know, there weren't a lot to, to be able to come in and punt to the punt returners because they were, you know, they were playing a lefty that week. Um, you know, so that created, that alone created opportunities for me. But I think when those opportunities were presented, were presented to me, uh, being able to take full advantage of them and open up some eyes uh, you know, I, I remember I probably went to Indianapolis and worked out for the Colts five or six times in, you know, uh, a year and a half, two year span. And I knew that they were bringing me in because I was a lefty. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that when if Pat got hurt, that I was going to be the guy that they brought in. Well, sure enough, in 2000 and 16, I believe, um, in the preseason, Pat got hurt. And I was the guy that they brought in um, and played in, in their first preseason game. And so that opportunity, that door, when it opened, I knew I had to, I had to strike while my iron was hot. I had to take full advantage of that opportunity. Um, you know, and a lot of it, too, was, was being consistent emotionally and mentally. Uh, sitting at home and, and watching games on Sundays is extremely frustrating and not playing. It's extremely frustrating and, and I was one to do it. I sat on the couch with my wife and my kids and, you know, I loved watching football, but I was frustrated I wasn't playing. So I think having that consistency emotionally and mentally and, and accepting the reality of the business and what you do and what you're trying to do um, kind of gives you a little bit of peace. But, you know, I was always working out. I was always training. 
And when that opportunity came, no matter what, I always took full advantage of it. Even if I knew nothing was going to come from it, you know, I still did it. Right. So just to clarify a couple of things for some of the listeners, because uh, there's, there's a lot of listeners that, that do listen to the fourth down experience podcast that are trying to learn stuff. So even though, um, Michael was brought into all, all these workouts, whether it be to, to compete for a job. Uh, there were some cases here where if an NFL team was playing against a left-footed punter that upcoming weekend, they would bring Mike in sometimes uh, to on the practice squad or come in and work out to be able to punt to their punt returners. So that way their returners were getting used to the flight of the ball coming off the left foot. Is that, is that right, Mike, on a couple of your workouts? Yes. Yes, it was it was actually the majority of the workouts uh, that I had. Um, and, you know, they would, you know, let's, you know, the Colts will always bring me in when they play the Patriots. You know, Ryan, Ryan Allen's a lefty. You know, Bill Belichick loves lefties, lefty punters. So, you know, Indy, you know, called me multiple times, handful of times, you know, brought me in. I knew exactly why they were bringing me in, punted their punt returners. You know, I I flew I flew out on a you know a Thursday Thursday evening. Woke up Friday, punted to him after practice. Got back on a plane Friday afternoon. Came right back home. <laughs> wow. So I'm curious. This you don't have to give specifics. What's what's a stipend for something like that? Like when you're brought in just to like to punt to the guys for a day or two days. I mean. I'm assuming they pay you. Is it is it decent for just a, a day's work, or is it just the experience that you gain is what what you, you want out of it? Yeah, I got nothing. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the experience, which is obviously yeah. Very, I will. yeah, I mean it was it was just to be to be able to be seen because usually when those workouts happen, you got you know you got a bunch of pro scouts that are out there. You got you know maybe if it's you know an important workout for whatever reason maybe if it is you know to to be signed on a practice squad or or if it is to be signed in the off season to try to compete make and make the team you know there's maybe a workout that you have where you know the GMs out there or the head coaches out there or you know and they're and they're watching so you never know what what set of eyes are on you um so for me it was whenever I did have a set of eyes on me, regardless of what set of eyes were on me, I needed to make sure that I performed to the best of the, to the best of my abilities. And if I did that, I let the rest take care of itself. There's only so many things that I can control. Um, I didn't get paid for it. Uh, and I knew it wasn't going to, and you know, that really didn't matter to me. Um, cause I knew ultimately it would pay off in the end. If I continue to kind of persevere, if I continue to work through it, uh, you know, and, and hopefully somebody would advocate for me and say, "Hey, look, this this guy belongs on the team. This guy, you know, belongs, you know, in the NFL, and you know, give him a chance." So you talk about consistency uh, being one of the components of keeping you in the NFL and being one of the thirty-two guys. Um, you don't have to speak specifically about what the Panthers do, but just looking around the league, and there's only so many fun we can do. And, you know, half of college are doing rugby rollouts and, you know, handful are doing pro style and all that. But, sure. you know, what go into more detail on types of punts that you need to be consistent on a uh, broad range with the whole league if you want to stick. You know, I think there's that's – a, that's a good question. That's a, that's a tough question because, you know, there's a lot of guys in the NFL 
um, out of the 32 punters that they're all really good at something. Um, and it may not be the same as the next guy. Uh, you know, a, a, a guy like um, Thomas Morstead, uh, for example, love watching him punt. He's one of the most consistent I've ever seen from his steps to his drop to, you know, I mean, his ball contact. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch. And what makes him so special is the fact that he can put the ball where he wants it, depending on the situation and what the situation calls for. Um, he's got great. He's got great direction. He's got great hang time. Um, you know, and he'll give you he'll give you a long ball if if you need it if the situation calls for it. Um, you know, guys like you know Marquette. Marquette's got arguably the most talented leg. Uh, you know, in the NFL, and he's one of those guys that you know it's it's a it's a monstrous ball that he hits. Um, you know, I think for me, I've learned to play to my strengths. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a drive it out of the park type of guy. Uh, you know, I'm a guy who takes a lot of pride in his direction. Uh, I'm a guy who takes a lot of pride in his hang time. Uh, and, I, and I think specifically, those are those are some of the things that um, have allowed me uh, in our in the situation here in, in Carolina have allowed me to, uh, and have allowed our team and our punt team in particular, uh, you know, to be able to, to be successful. Um, you know, and I think that that's most, most special teams coaches, when you talk to them, they're like, yeah, we want hang time, distance and direction all to be relatively the same, you know, and that's tough. It's tough to get three out of three, but if you can do two out of the three really well, then there's a good chance that you know you'll be successful, um, and that's what and that's what I've learned is to you know not try to be like Thomas or not try to be like Marquette or not try to be like you know Dustin Colquitt or Brayton Colquitt you know to to play to my strengths and and that's what I feel like kind of mine are. Wow, that's great. So I'm, you know obviously we have a lot of questions about your career so far with the Panthers, but I'm curious about that period of time when. You went you went undrafted in 2014 up until finally getting that that final stint with the Panthers. You you were cut by like seven teams until you finally latched on a team. What was that journey like for you? How did you persevere? How did you stay focused, not give up? You know, who was your kind of morale boosting team? Like, because a lot of specialists went through that. I mean, I I pursued the league as a punter for like six years, and I was probably more than I probably should have. But every year I kept getting better, and, and obviously I didn't get it in the end. But like. How did you get through that hope and then discouragement and all that stuff? What was that journey like? Shoot. Oh, man, it was super frustrating. <laughs> super frustrating. Uh, you know, I, I can't sit here and say that it was it was a walk in the park. Um, you know, I, you, really, you really learn about, you really learn a lot about yourself when you're faced in adverse situations. And, um, you know, thank God for my wife. Uh, you know, she 
when I, when I didn't have a job and she was working and she woke up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work and didn't come home till five o'clock. And I was, you know, taking the kids to school and packing them lunch and picking them up and doing homework. And, you know, I mean, when you have a type of support system, like I have, especially in my wife who makes the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, she sacrifices more than, than I could ever sacrifice. Um, you know, when you have somebody like that, who, who puts your well-being before her own um, is is amazing and, and unbelievably special, um, and that's where that's where I kind of found my peace and my comfort. Um, you know, and that there are definitely there are definite times where you know I sat up night and I was emotional. You know, I'd sit and I'd cry, and you know it was just frustrating. And it was you know I I don't, I don't want to leave my kids. My kids would cry. Uh, you know, when I had to leave and, you know, they were young, they didn't understand. And, um, uh, my wife would cry cause we were all upset and, you know, it's just, it's hard. Um, you know, it's very, very frustrating. Um, and I knew, I knew that given the opportunity that, that I could do it, you know, it wasn't a lack of confidence. I knew I had confidence in myself. I knew. You know, if just, man, if that, there's that one opportunity, if that one door could open, if I could put my foot in it, you know, I'd be, I'd be okay. I'd be good. Um, you know, like you said, I got cut, man, I don't even, seven, eight times. I mean, you know, I played up in Canada, you know, I was in Toronto. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've been on practice squads and, you know, cut, you know, before I could even play my first, uh, preseason game ever in the first NFL game in 2014 in the preseason with the Raiders you know we were two days before we were supposed to head to Minnesota to play our game you know I had an emergency appendectomy uh, you know woke up one morning and was in stomach pain ended up having to take my appendix out I mean wow. you know it's just it's stuff like that that you know really kind of humbles you and puts things into perspective um, you know and and Having having that that confidence in yourself brings a whole lot of peace, um, you know. And for some guys, there's a lot of guys that that don't ever have the opportunity, and and I'm fortunate and and definitely blessed to have that opportunity and those opportunities that have presented themselves. Because uh, I know there's a lot, not a lot of guys that get those opportunities. But um, man, I'll tell you what, it's it was super emotional, super frustrating, and. I mean, I can, I remember it like it was yesterday, a couple of years ago when, when, you know, I was told that, you know, that I, could, I won the starting job, you know, right after the preseason was over, um, and before the 2017 season, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I came home and my wife and I just hugged each other and we just cried. Right. You know, it was just one of those moments where you're just, you're like, this is exactly, this is exactly why I spent two and a half years without a job. You know, this is exactly why I continue to work and this is exactly why I wasn't making any money and, you know, you know, I went to these workouts and, you know, I went to Indianapolis five times when I knew the result was going to be the exact same thing or I knew that I was going on a practice squad and I knew I wasn't going to end up making the team. I was just there for insurance. Um, So I I think moments like those are just, you've got to, You've got to be able to, to to find your purpose, find something deeper inside of you. More, you know, it's not just about football. To me, it was it was about creating a, a life for my family. 
uh, and, and those are the those are the people that that drove me to continue to persevere through those tough times, so that you know we could see the light at the end of the tunnel and say, "Hey, this is why we did it." You know, and, and right before that 2017 competition that you had that you won, you know, you uh, you were with the Panthers for a couple months uh, in the spring there got cut and then um there's an injury by the punter that was there and then, and then you got brought in in november and finished off that that season with yep. a good average and then so the, and then but chris and i were talking about this before we were in an interview and we we're like man this has got to be like the quickest turnaround on you know an extension a three-year extension and obviously you're a humbled guy and uh you know like you had talked about with us earlier you know the whole the whole money thing but i mean it's always nice to see specialist efforts get recognized and and chris and i just wanted to congratulate you on the three-year extension you know did this being like your third year in the league did you did you see that coming at all well first of all thank you uh thank you for the kind words and, and uh i definitely really appreciate that um yeah, yeah you know i i didn't and i i think the only reason i didn't is because i try not i I try not to focus on that. I think the guys who focus on that, I think the guys who put their, you know, that that, that money and, and that is their driving force, uh, I think are are the guys that put more stress on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you know what it's like as, as a specialist. The less stress that you play with, the, the better that you'll probably play. Um, you know, and, and for me... If, if my purpose of playing, if my purpose of doing things is that and that alone, then I'm in it for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, when they, um, when, when we were in, in conversations about, about, you know, an extension, um, again, that was another time that was super emotional. Uh, you know, I didn't expect it. Uh, you know, I, we knew that maybe it could be a possibility within, you know, the, the next year or two, maybe. Um, you know, and I think for for the Panthers and the organization to um, to think highly enough of, of myself, uh, you know, as a as a player, to think highly enough of my family as people, um, you know, is is extremely humbling. Is it? We're extremely grateful and, and appreciative of of those types of opportunities. Um, but I think, you know, there's a, uh, somebody said that, uh, you know, an extension and, and the money that they pay you is only a reward for what you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So, so what you do, what you do in the future is something different. Um, you know, and I think that's the, that's the type of mentality that I take is, you know, I appreciate that I appreciate, you know, the support um, that that they've allowed me to give to my family, um, you know. But I'm even more motivated now to, to work harder to be able, you know, to to show that, hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm not just in it for the money. I'm I'm here to, to help the the Panthers win football games. I'm help. The, I'm here to help the team. I'm here to punt as best as I possibly can day in and day out. Um, you know, I think that's, it's, it's been pretty cool. It's been a pretty cool experience to see everything unravel in the past couple of years. 
Yeah. So, and obviously, you're 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 developing a name for yourself in Carolina. What uh, what's the fan support been like for you the last few years? And has it been a little bit greater this year now that you got the extension and probably people notice you a little bit more because you know it's very rare that specialists get a nice boost in salary. You know, what is it? What what's the atmosphere like for you over in Carolina? It's great. I mean, I I, I love playing there. My family loves being here. Um, you know and. You know, I mean, I mean, it's easy. <laughs> it's uh, to say to say that you know everybody's you know likes us and likes what we do. I, I think is a little unrealistic. I think there's always going to be people who who don't like you and don't like what you do, or you know, don't like you because of a game or because of a kick or because of this, that, and the other. And um, you know, but it, it, they. These fans are are amazing, and I think that they, um, I think they they appreciate and they realize, um, and not just the fans. I mean, but the organization as well. They realize the the impact that special teams has on football games, um, and I mean we, you know, we saw that against um, you know against the Giants. I mean, we had some pretty big special teams plays and uh, affected the outcome of the game. And, uh, you know, I think everybody's starting to see the emphasis that, that is put on special teams. Uh, and I really appreciate that, that as a specialist because uh, that means, you know, that means that we're valued. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, amazing to, it's amazing to play here and, and play for, for this organization and an organization that, you know, that appreciates, uh, you know, the specialists from, from me to, you know, JJ or Snapper to Graham, uh, you know, and, and even our guys on the punt team, kickoff, kickoff return. I mean, all those guys are extremely valued. So uh, it's really cool to, to play here and, and be part of this uh, organization. Yeah, so you mentioned JJ or Snapper. You mentioned Graham, the kicker. Graham Benoit is just an awesome kicker. Just mm-hmm. exceptionally, it looks like your guys' relationship is awesome, which is, which is the way it needs to be when you yeah. guys are basically performing together. Um, so let's, let's talk about that big 63-yard game winner. Like, let's talk us through. Like, you're on the field, you're talking to Graham, JJ, maybe walking on the field, etc. Just talk us through the whole um, experience. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps, that's NKR underscore camps, or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about, and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Well, so the possession before that, um, New York goes 
down the field and you know and they're driving and and uh, JJ and I look at each other on the bench and they say one of the best things that that we could have happen right now is them to score quickly. If they score quickly, then we have a chance, right, to get back in a field goal range. Mm-hmm. So of course they they score quickly, quickly, and we have some time. And um, you know, as soon as <laughs> and like any other game, as soon as the other team, as soon as the other team scores, we know that there's a kickoff that's about to come. So we get our helmets, we get our stuff, and we you know we'll head over to the kicking net. Um, knowing the situation of the game, knowing situational football, uh, you know we know we're down. We know we need a field goal to win. And um, you know I don't I don't I don't talk to to uh, to Graham a lot while he's warming up. Um, the only time that we really say anything to him is when it's third down, just to kind of give him a little heads up. Hey, you know be ready. Um, but you know, we threw, uh, uh, I think we threw like an incomplete pass or something and, you know, the clock was stopped and, you know, we walk out, we, or we run out in the field and, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a kind of a crosswind, not, not terrible, not too strong. And, um, you know, I put my, I put my hand down on the, uh, on the grass and I realized that I put my fingers down and I put it on black paint. And I, and I, I don't do it very often. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't see this very often. And then that's when it kind of struck me is like, man, we're, we're, we're kind of far back here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, kicking, we're kicking on the logo here. Um, you know, but I mean, it, it's just something that pops up in your mind really quickly and kind of goes away and escapes because, right. you know, just the, the intensity of the moment. Um, but I mean, we kind of, Graham and I kind of jog out together there and, um, the, the confidence that was on his face and like in his demeanor was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not once did you ever see him just kind of wide eyed. Oh my gosh, this moment's too big for me. He was all, he was all about it. And you know, Graham's got, Graham's got arguably the best leg talent I've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. His leg strength is clear. I know. I I mean, (laughs) I I mean, I saw him, I saw him, when we played Dallas, uh, we had a rain delay and there was a little bit of a wind at his back and he missed a yard short from 75. Wow. Down the middle, he missed a yard short from 75. So that that wasn't distance wasn't even a question. It's just about hitting the ball straight. And um, so I put my hand down and and I look back at him and he's he's in his he's ready to go and he's shaking his head like pretty fast, which tells me, hey, look, the clock's running down and he sees it. So we end up snapping the ball with two seconds left on the clock. Oh. And um, and man, as soon as I as soon as I caught it, put it down. I, I just, I knew it. I knew it was good. I mean, it was, it sounded like a cannon went off in the stadium. And, uh, uh, I always love that back view after you guys kick field goals. Like, just talk about the snap and the, the I mean, the hold is beautiful. The football, like, talk about that whole process there. Well, you know, I mean, it's amazing to have such confidence in each other 
you know, I think for I think for Graham to have confidence in JJ, so obviously starts with JJ. Um, for for Graham to have confidence in JJ, to have confidence in myself, allows him to do his job a whole lot better. Um, you know, and I think for me, JJ is is one of the most, if not the most, consistent snapper I've ever seen. Uh, you know, he may be off. You know, with with laces, one in every twenty five field goal snaps. You know, I mean, and it's I mean, and it's unbel- it's unbelievable. And rarely do you ever see him put you know a ball too low or too high or too inside. Um, I mean, and it was like he walked up to the ball, he put his hands on the ball. I looked at Graham, I called for it, and boom, he just he put it there, and. Uh, you know, for me, it's like, hey, I see a tight spiral. It's coming right to me. You know, it's almost kind of like a breath of fresh air. You know, because in situations like those, you never know what somebody else is feeling. You never know if they're getting too jittery, you know, or the ball may slip out of their their fingers. I mean, you know, stuff happens all the time. And, uh, man, just catching that, catching the snap. And I don't know if I had to turn it. I don't, to be honest, I don't even remember. Um, it, was, it was clean. It was Catch, put it down, and all you saw was just that beautiful sweet spot. I, mean, I know. I, I mean, I'm, and I'm sure for Graham, just visually, that's just, you know, as a kicker, it's, hey, the longer that you can see the ball down on the ground exactly the way you like it, I mean, you know, he, I'm sure Graham was just licking his chops. I mean, <laughs> man, but he smoked it. He smoked it, man. It was just, he was super pumped. I was super pumped. I mean, he, as, when the ball went up in the air, I mean, it wasn't even halfway there. I put my hands up in the air. I knew it was good. Yeah. I mean, before before anybody else could see it, and I mean, we just celebrated. We enjoyed it. One thing I can appreciate, and I'm sure you can, because you talk so highly of your snapper and just how smooth it is. Um, we, I was blessed. We we were able to get Kevin McDermott, Viking snapper, to staff up one of oh, our yeah. summer camps. And uh, we had him out, and he did a little staff demo, and I got to hold for him while some of our other staff guys kicked, and I just remember how smooth and effortless that was. Like, I didn't even have to turn the ball. I just caught and set it down. It was just so smooth, and just watching your, the highlight of your kick in the hold, it just looked so, probably so easy. I mean, do you ever get nervous holding on a big kick, or do you just not think about that? Um, you know, there are, there are times, I think, in the as a as a person who loves football and loves, I mean, I just I, I just love the game of football, and it's not just you know this this special team side of it. Um, you know, I was a I was a high school quarterback, so you know, offense and defense, you know, and just kind of the game as a whole. Um, you know, I just I love so much. So I think when when you get emotionally invested in a game, it's hard to not have a little bit of excitement with. Um, you know, big time kicks. Uh, but I think once you run out in the field, like for me, when I run out in the field, that's when I'm kind of going through my, you know, my mental stuff and, you know, trying to basically erase everything out of my mind. Um, but as soon as I put, as soon as I put my hand on the ground, as soon as I get my stance, uh, you know, everything just kind of is a blur. And it's, and it's all it's all re, it's all reactive it's all you know ha- over and over we've done this a million times over and over and over and over and over again it's it's 
not anything different, you know, and you got to, you know, if something goes wrong for whatever reason, you got to be able to react. Um, but I think we've, we've got such a good trust in, in one another. If, you know, JJ, for whatever reason, gives me an off snap, you know, Graham knows that I'm, you know, I'll do my best to make up for it. If I got to spit it, you know, if I got, if I got to, you know, for whatever reason, if, if something goes wrong, you know, we've got such an amazing trust in one another that, uh, you know, it, it works out great. And I think that's why, you know, Graham's able to perform the way that he does on Sundays. So, hey, Mike, I have a question about um, punting here. Um, sure. You know, if you, if you had five or six punters, and I know you're a kicker as well, but, you know, right, right. now you're getting paid to punt and hold. Um, so if you had five or six punters, 15, 16, 17 years old, and you wanted to teach your way, you know, because there's 100 kicking coaches out there, which is good. You know, it's nice to have these resources in this day and age. Sure. But I just kind of wanted to hear your philosophy because I think, I think there's several good philosophies. But, um, you know, I, I teach a couple of different ways with punting, depending on the body size of the athlete, whether it's a, a drop table that, that comes out from your sternum or if it's a drop t- table that comes out from your waist and also maybe the nose tilt. Like, can you just kind of go into detail on you know, maybe what works for you or, or what you would coach a young kid? Maybe just a, a few nuggets that they could take from this? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think that's, I, I think, I, I believe that what makes a, what makes a really good coach, um, you know, is somebody who can adjust to what's given to them and what's put in front of them. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, uh, coaching a, a guy like J.K. Scott is going to be a whole lot different than coaching a guy like myself, right? J.K. does, you know, he's 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 tall, right? He's lean. He's got long legs. He's got great. He's got great extension on the ball. I'm sure he's got pretty big hands. You know, for me, I'm you know I'm a, I'm an, an average, maybe slightly above average, you know, size guy. And you know, I think the way that you know people's bodies are made, I think, should change the way that you know that we that we coach. And I think for me, um, you know, the way that. I think my my priority with coaching punters, especially young punters, is perfecting their drop. And I tell them, I I've told them all the time, you know, the punters that I've worked with, if your drop is not consistent, no matter how talented you are, you'll never hit a consistent ball. Yep. And I'm kind of a I'm kind of a situational type. Um, when it comes to my drop. So for right. example, we, we just played in Philly, right? It was like 23 mile an hour winds. The wind was swirling. You couldn't, you couldn't even guess which direction the wind was going. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, but for me in that situation, right? I tell JJ, Hey, keep the ball low. I'm going to stay low on it. I'm going to drop it low the less room that it has to travel to my foot, the less room for error. So if I can hit a consistent punt, if I can hit, I mean, even if I can hit a, you know, uh, a fairly decent punt, I'll let the wind kind of do whatever it takes 
um, or whatever it's going to do when, when it gets up in the air. Um, you know, and I think for for young punters, um, the way that the way that I would that I would coach them um, is depending on kind of how tall they are, what their leg swing is like. I mean, some hunter, some young punters like to swing across their body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some aren't as flexible. Um, you know, I, I, but I think for me, I always, I always teach, you know, I'm, I'm also doing this, I'm trying to think as a, as a righty, because I'm sure most kids that are listening are righties. Um, but I usually do, for my drop, I usually do nose, nose slightly down to a little bit, a little bit turn inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that usually, if I were to do a drop and I do a bunch of drops, if I do a drop on the ground, that ball should basically bounce almost straight up in the air and kind of drift back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know that I'm getting a consistent drop. Um, if the, if the laces on top of the ball aren't moving, they're not turning. Um, if they're, if the ball's hitting the ground and it's kind of bouncing straight up a little bit back towards me, I know that it's going to meet, there's a good chance that it's going to meet, um, you know, the, the, the top part of my foot, basically on my laces, um, kind of as my, as my toe is, is flexed. Um, is kind of the way that I would, I would teach that drop. You know, I just think that there's so many, there's so many different styles, you know, and there's so many different ways to do things. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that there's a, there's a right way. I think there's, I think there's certain mechanical things that need to be taught. Um, definitely a dropout, you know, right off your hip. Um, you know, in terms of the relationship inside or outside of your body, uh, is definitely important. Um, you know, it's just, there's, there's so much, there's so much that can be taught, you know, it's hard to kind of pick and choose certain things that, you know, will work for some may not, you know, may not work for others. Right. So here, um, here's a question. One thing that Chris and I tell guys, uh, especially, I mean, you know how all of us are kickers, punters, you know, whether high school level, arena level, CFL, NFL level, et cetera. We're all, we're all, you know, hard on ourselves and and want to hit that perfect ball. Like, we see a lot of high school guys just get frustrated with playing, and we we try to tell them, you know, Chris is up in Minnesota, I'm down in Bama, but we do camps together here and there, Um, and we we try to tell them, you you really don't develop into a really good, strong punter until your freshman or sophomore year in college. And we try to to drill that in their head, because they're sitting there thinking, like, man, I, I really need to be hitting bombs by my summer before my senior year in high school. And they're comparing themselves to the top five ranked kids that already have scholarship offers. Well, there's 300 more of you, you know, on different platforms and et cetera. Like, you know, what would you say to those kids about punting specifically? Well, I think the, I, th- I think the first problem is, is stop, 
yourself to other kids. Um, you know, I think that's a, I think that's so easy to do, you know, and, and we're all guilty of it. You know, I, I mean, myself included, you know, I'll watch guys on Sunday. Man, you know, like, why? man, I wish I had a, as consistent of a game as so-and-so, you know, or man, I wish I hit the ball as well as, you know, so-and-so did today. Uh, you know, and you get all frustrated and flustered. Um, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it too. Right. Um, you know, but I think when you, when you start as a punter, when you start seeing, you know, other guys, oh, I've, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to hit, uh, you know, I've got to hit a four, seven, you know, 48 yard punt, you know, every single time I, you know, my foot meets the ball, you know, I think it's a little unrealistic. Um, you know, and I think there's a level of, of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's something to be said about being motivated, but I think being unrealistic is, is something that we shouldn't do. Um, you know, I think for, for young kids, it's going to take, especially if you're not used to being a punter and most kids aren't, most kids aren't pure punters, uh, at least the ones that I haven't run into. Um, or that I've run into, um, you know, most of them were kickers and they just, they want to learn how to punt. Um, you know, there is a, there is a, um, developmental side to punting, um, as there is kicking, but I think for punters in particular, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole different animal. I mean, it's a, you know, it's not, it's not, Hey, you know, hit the ball between these pipes, right. Or, you know, hey, try to, you know, try to put your foot into this kickoff and, and try to hit it as, you know, as high and far as you can, you know, type of, I, I mean, it's a, punting is very technical. Mm-hmm. It's very, very technical, um, you know, and you've, you've got to be able to give yourself some time um, to be able to work on those techniques, work on your drop work on your, um, you know, work on your ball contact, work on your follow through, right? Work, um, you know, work on your, uh, you know, how you hit the ball directionally, you know, I mean, all that stuff takes time. I mean, there's a lot of intricacies to punting, uh, you know, one, one bad drop is the difference between a, a 48 yard punt and a 28 yard punt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, of course, everybody wants to hit the big ball. Everybody wants to hit the the wall, the one that's going to be like, oh, you know, and everybody kind of freaks out and looks at it and says, "Wow, that's amazing! You're you're awesome." It's, you know, it's not necessarily always about that. Um, I think the the sooner that that you know, kids don't try to compare themselves to other people, you know, I think is is when they'll start to really be patient with themselves to be able to, you know, um, you know, work on those little intricacies of punting on those little technical details, um, you know, so that they can become more consistent. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. You're, you're preaching the same type of thing Brian and I like to talk about with trainees. So this is, it's cool to see it, especially at that high level. Um, when I, we want to get to our staple question. We ask everybody and, I got to make this a two-part question, considering the the stages you've played on. But uh, 
First question will be, tell us your three favorite stadiums you've played in in the NFL, and then we're going to go three favorite stadiums to play in in college, because you've kind of been all over the place in college, too. So this is always fun for us to hear. Man, that's a good question. Um, and, and you can't include the hometown stadium, because we all know that that's the, good, that's the best place to play. So three op- opponent stadiums. Well, that is that is true, and that's that's the stadium that I get heckled less at. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, also also one of my favorites. Um, my f- three favorite does it have to be in in order from nah. number one to number three, or just top three? Just three, yeah. just top three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say in New Orleans. Nice. Um, Superdome is super loud. I always like loud stadiums. This past week in Philly was the first time that I played there. Um, you know, I grew up a, an Eagles fan. Um, you know, and my my dream was always to play in Philly, so I think that's what made it pretty cool. Um, but their their fans are are pretty awesome. Um, and then let's see, New Orleans, Philly, and I'm gonna have to say Seattle. Uh, we've heard it. We've heard Seattle a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely Seattle. I don't know. I don't know what it is about hostile environments, but I like them. <laughs> so, real quick before you get to the college answers, um, okay. Saint Saint Thomas down there in Florida, South Florida. Yes. So, where's the Philly connection? Is this uh, where you like more where you were raised, in younger years, or family? Or? No. So no. So I was born. I was born in in Florida. Um, born and raised lived there my entire life. Um, but my mom and dad were born in Philly. Um, like my aunts and my uncles, cousins, they all still live there. Uh, in fact, I had like 16 people come to the the Eagles game. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and my and my family that I haven't seen since I was probably 11 or 12. Oh, that must have been so special for yeah. all of you guys. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It was really cool to see them, and you know, my cousins that I haven't seen since they were baby babies, and you know, they're like you know 18, 19 now, and. You know, so it's it's super cool. It's uh, but yeah, that's that's where the Philly the Philly connection is. But you know, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, all of it. Growing up, that was that was nice. And then um, this this is random. I know, I know you you know Jay Feely um that played in the league and, and all. Mm-hmm. He's now one of the commentators. Uh, but did you ever have have a chance to cross paths with Tom Feely, his dad? I know he coaches in South Florida, and he's kind of one of the coaches we we work with as well. No, I have, I have not. No, I, I, okay. I met, I met Jay, um, last year, I forgot where we played, we played somewhere, but, but Jay, I think it was at home actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met, I met Jay, but no, I haven't, I haven't met his dad. Okay, cool, cool. All right, my bad. All right, go carry on with the, the college <laughs> ones. I'm excited. Obviously, the balls the would definitely be a number one. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that place when when the games when the games are closed, that place is rocking. Uh, Imagine it's pretty loud. But um, let's see, LSU. Yeah, a lot of people say LSU. Like, That's cool. Man, that was man. I had a bad experience at LSU. Um, <laughs> my first my first ever college field goal attempt was that was at LSU. Wow. Um, yeah, it ain't not they go well. Um, had it had it great. Just kind of drifted a little bit to the right for me. Um, let's see, LSU, like playing at Alabama. 
Alabama. And then I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Oregon because it was just a little, it was different. That's not, cool. Not because it was like super loud or anything, but it was just it was different. It was different playing on the West Coast. Did you ever? Well, I think this is probably a dumb question, but did did you ever get to play in the swamp? Yes. You know. You know what? That was that's probably. Uh, I would say I would say Florida and Oregon are probably tied for third. Because the reason I, I ask, Mike, is and obviously you played in this. You see, I, I played in the MAC, so I mean, you know, Akron and. Miami, yeah. Ohio. It's, yeah, yeah. Not, it's not quite like the swamp or, or up there in Nashville, but um, I went on a visit uh, before I signed with Ball State. Just, you know, once you like have your college and you already know where you're going to, we were like, hey, my family's like, let's just go on some unofficial visits because it's, you know, free tickets. Might as well go enjoy the experience. And we actually went to, this was in 2002, uh, we went to. Knoxville or Tennessee was at the swamp and Tennessee beat the swamp or beat Florida, but it was loud as crap in there. Like, and and I was just in the stands. So I couldn't imagine what it's like on the field. Like just the way that stadium is built, like just the noise, it seems like it's just so loud. Uh, Do you you remember punting or kicking in in that stadium? Oh yeah. It's super loud, super loud. Yeah. We played, we, you know, we play Florida every year. Um, so I played them twice in the swamp. Um, right. I mean, yeah, it's super, oh man, it's super loud, super muggy, I mean, exactly, basically, what the stadium's name speaks for itself, um, you know, and the, and the fans, um, you know, I'm sure you guys watching, watching the Gators play or something, but, you know, the fans on the, on the away side are ridiculously close, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you could, you could high-five the fans, if you stood behind your bench and just reached over, you could, you could give them a high five. Um, nice. I mean, it, so they're, I mean, they're right on top of you, but yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a fun place to play as well. My wife graduated from the university of Florida, so we're not, it's, uh, it's, it's rough here in the fall sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> not, the, 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 the Polarity household can get pretty competitive. All right, well, I got, I got one more question, like, Maybe SEC related, um, you know. But here in Minnesota, our biggest rivals are the Wisconsin school, schools and, and, and the Packers and stuff like that. And you know, I went to a few Packers games, uh, you know, a number of years ago, and you could just feel the aura of like history and greatness. Now, going into some of these big time SEC schools stadiums, did you ever like feel the history? Like you could just, you're like, wow, this is cool. You know, I'm, I think I felt that um, when I first played in. Um, in Gainesville um, was one of the first times. Like I, I, I felt that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was it was something about you know, like my my brother went to the University of Florida. He's you know seven and a half years older than I am, and um, you know he was there with with Tebow and Chris Leak, and you know, I mean, and it was so like. Watching it from afar, uh, you know, and being able to to walk in and and play on those, you know, that same grass and, and inside the same stadium is is pretty cool. And um, but you know, I've always wanted to play like in a place like Notre Dame, you know, where it's not like you know, it's not like a you 
you know, a ridiculously hostile environment, but it's the tradition, it's the history that is so overwhelming, you know, with, yeah. with all of Notre Dame's history that is, you know, or like Michigan, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've always wanted to play in places like that to where the history is so rich and it's so deep that, you know, it's not necessarily the, you know, the hostility of, of everyone. It's more so just kind of the, the tradition of it. That's, you know, Mike, I got to play at Michigan. Um, it was the year before App State uh, did the big upset. We, uh, we got them down to eight points in 2006 and I hit a 46 yarder in 32 degrees and uh, it got pretty loud. It didn't get loud until the last like five minutes of the game. Like there were 112,000 people there, but it wasn't loud until the last few minutes of the game. It was it was crazy. That's it doesn't. But doesn't there? I mean, there's their stadium goes out, right? Yes, like stands right. like they go out, right? Yeah. What yeah. is that? I mean, what is that visually? What is that like? Well, it's it's just more spread out. It's a lot of people, but. They're not right all on top of you, so it really wasn't that intimidating. Now the last five minutes, five minutes was intimidating. I didn't have to <laughs> kick because uh, what was we had eight chances to score inside the um, goal, like inside the ten yard line, and we didn't tie. We were down by eight, so you know I was already kind of visualizing like, sweet, we're going to tie this up. I'm going to hit an overtime field goal. You know this is going to be viral. Well, I don't even know if we said viral in 2000 <laughs> you know but uh you know it was sports center back then which so yeah like, right you know uh but yeah it, it they were like super it, exactly what you said the tradition like you know, you know there's like some kind of standard it almost like was the vibe that you had to be like as a fan there but the last five minutes you could see the film the cameras shaking on our film study from how loud it was the last like few minutes of the game you know that's, so, that's insanity but last question, this is kind of a quirky question to finish off here is, uh, but, but we get this, like, we'll get random DMs. I'm sure you get DMs too, but, um, with, with, from kickers, but and you'll probably get a bunch more after, after we push this out. Uh, cause you know, a lot of these kickers, you know, they don't have a whole lot of people to look up to and, and once they find you, you'll get them. Um, sure. what kind of cleats do you use and, and why? Um, I am a, I am a Nike Tampo nice. uh, guy. Nice. Um, and would about, you be would you be doing that for field goal kicking as well if you were a kicker too, or, yes. or just for punting? Yes, yes, I'd be I'd be wearing that for for kicking as well. There's there's I don't know. There's something about like kangaroo leather, just kind of on my foot that feels kind of the most comfortable. I mean, we were at Tennessee. We were Adidas. So the cleats that I wore, um, you know, I was going to wear those those Copas that have like an 800-pound bottom plate to them. <laughs> totally uh, true. Totally true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, or or I could wear like the, you know, the synthetic um, cleats that they made at the time. So, you know, I ended up wearing those and, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan. Just because they just, they weren't very comfortable. I mean, I I made do with what I had, but they just weren't very comfortable. Uh, so as soon as I was done college, I uh, went straight to Nike, and uh, man, I just 
mold exactly to your foot. Oh, wow. that's dope. oh it's fantastic. A brand new, brand new cleats feel like you've been wearing it for weeks. Um, you know, and I'm, I get I get put blisters pretty bad too with brand new cleats. So it, it oh. definitely it definitely comes in clutch. One more question. <laughs> so the balls that you kick with on Sundays, because we've okay. heard of a very not similar answers, but it almost seems like they change every year. You would know because you've been involved. Um, okay, what goes down with the, the K balls? Who has to, who's who's allowed to be in the room? How much time do they have to? Are they allowed to have towels, brushes? Do they have to do, brush down every ball, etc.? Like what goes down in, in the equipment room with the referees and all that? Um, the the NFL has a designated K ball. Um, I guess person who oversees. Um, I guess the the K ball is being worked in uh, before the game. They have 45 minutes to work in two footballs. Um, you can have a towel. You can have brushes. Uh, you can wet it. Um, well, I, I think the only thing you can't really do is like put it in a dryer or something. I don't know. Something, you know, something ridiculous that I don't think anybody would have time for. Um, and then our, our, our guy who does it, um, is one of our assistant equipment managers, uh, and we've we've gotten coached up real good. <laughs> nice. He's 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 awesome. So if it's two balls, you, is the ball management person they're just they're just tracking those two balls down pretty much the whole game. Um, pretty much, we'll basically tell the refs. You know, depending on where we're playing, some you know some crews are different, um, but we'll tell the refs you know before the game. Hey, you know we. You know, if we when we kick, you know, if we you wouldn't mind putting in ball one, you know, obviously when we're when we're at home, we'll, we'll kick ball one, which is our ball, and the away team has ball two, we have ball three, they have ball four, so and it switches if we're the away team, so we'll have ball two and four, they'll have one and three, um, so and some crews are pretty flexible on that. If we want ball two instead of ball one. You know, or like when we play a team like New Orleans, New Orleans you guy usually makes a really good ball. So we'll just say, hey, just put in whatever ball you have at the time. Either either or is really good, so we're not really worried about it. Right, and you know, and you know, as kickers and punters at all levels, it always seems like the type of ball, the type of cleats, and then of course form and, and everyone else protecting for us and all that are pretty important. So I, I would assume it's almost like, you know, specialist fraternity, everyone kind of has to his back. Hey, let's make sure these guys are on top of their, their game. So any ball that gets put in there, is a, it's a halfway decent ball to kick, you know? Sure. I mean, I think I know for us, I can, I can speak for us. I mean, we never, we never wish ill upon any other specialists, mm-hmm. you know, around the league. You know, we want to see everybody succeed and do really well. Uh, you know, we're all here to do, to do just that. Um, you know, so any time that we can help or, uh, you know, make it easier, especially when you play in kind of adverse conditions, um, you know, if it, if it helps, it helps. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to see anybody be stuck in a bad situation because the ball isn't, you know, a good football, you know, to kick in those types of conditions or, or what have you. So, you know, we're all, we all kind of 
like you said, have each other's back and make sure that everybody's kind of taken care of. Wow, that is awesome. This is great. Well, Michael, we thoroughly enjoyed this interview. I, I enjoyed hearing this, you know, and uh, we really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you. Of course, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for, for having me and, and thinking highly enough of uh, asking me to, to come join you. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can do it again, uh, you know, if, if you guys need me to. We'd love to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, best of luck this season, and, and uh, we definitely like to link up maybe in the offseason sometime. Uh, we, we've had a lot of kids from the Carolinas, like, you know, reach out to us and say, when are you going to do something over there? I know, uh, but I guess, you know, if, if we ever re- go over there, we'd love to hook up with you and, and maybe teach a few kids how to kick. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys just, you know, holler at me if, if you have any questions or if you need me for whatever reason. and. You know, I'll try to make myself as readily available as I as I possibly can. Sweet, awesome man. Best of luck uh, next weekend, and we'll we'll definitely be keeping updated with you and and uh, and have fun with the fam. Yeah, you have a beautiful family, and yeah. Thank you again. You know, thank you again for being on the Fourth Down Experience podcast. We'll we'll talk soon. Absolutely, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. All right, later. Wow, wow, just so much value, so much knowledge there, Chris. Yeah, I was just I was thinking about that as we were getting close to the end of the the episode, or not episode, as we were getting close to the end of the interview. Uh, you know, this is our forty first interview we've done so far in just a year, and um, everyone is good. You know, I say it every single time, but I, I keep learning more stuff, get more insights on the league, what it's like. You know, and and this one kind of I connected a lot with Michael because his journey as a punter to try to make it in the league. Obviously, he made it. I didn't, but just to hear some of his stories, I connected with a lot of that. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I, it's it's pretty cool to kind of get hear his philosophy with with him being a five foot eleven punter and, and comparing himself to a rookie being a six foot four guy and J.K. Scott, you know, and and just going into detail about drops and, and where he's turning the ball in. I, I, really, I really feel like the listeners uh, and us as well got a lot of value out of this uh, podcast for sure. Yeah, well, excited. I uh, really like that one. And so hopefully our listeners do too, guys. Um, if you like this one, you know, we always like the feedback, guys. Keep keep sending us DMs. Keep keep commenting on the posts and just let us know that you like these things. You know, the purpose of these podcasts, guys, is to bring you value, teach you some things. We also want to thank you guys. Um, about a week or so ago, we posted trying to ask you guys to help us hit that 10,000 listener mark. And you guys surpassed that thing quickly. And I think within about eight days, nine days, we hit 11,000 listeners. And, and, and right now, guys, we're at almost 11,400 listens or plays of the episode. And that's pretty sweet. It's humbling. And so we want to thank you guys for all your support uh, and listening yeah, to what we try to do. We want to thank all of our um, interviewees that have taken the time out of their lives to, to be on. I mean, we've had... Um, over 30 NFL guys and guys that are kicking coaches, guys that have played in the arena leagues, the Canadian leagues, trick shot artists, etc. We really appreciate all you guys that have been on the podcast uh, just to bring value to the whole industry and, and even people that want to learn more about special teams. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. We got some pretty big name uh, interviewees lined up over the next few weeks, so we're excited to 
to get those going and, and have you guys learn from them. So uh, keep listening. If it's your first time listening in general, you know, please subscribe to the, the podcast and uh, kind of get those, those quick alerts when these episodes come out every Tuesday. So uh, thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week. All right. Peace, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.